Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. It's that time of year. Cash the ticket. Jim Costa with Mike Valeni. We shift the focus from football to college hoops, getting us ready for the tournament where we're going to break down all the matchups and have an eye on some future plays, too. Search Cash the Ticket on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah. Sometimes we laugh, sometimes we cry, but I guess you know now. Guests appear on the Smile Center Hotline. Now back to the Gabe Coon Show, live from the Service Master by Cornerstone Studios on 92.9 FM ESPN. We took a trip, now we on your block, and it's like a ghost town. Back into the Gabe Coon Show, 92.9 FM ESPN. Now joining me as his customary on a Tuesday, that would be Christian Fowler, Etsy Fowler, BCM Bluff City Media, senior writer and content creator. You can find our podcast on the Bluff, wherever you find your podcast, Apple, Spotify. You can go on YouTube, find the full video link, the video version of it, as well as Bluff City Media's channel. Christian, what's the word, brother? How are you? Back on a Tuesday this week. Doing yeah. good, brother. How you doing? Yeah, yeah. club going up on a Tuesday. I got you. <laughs> okay. Yeah, um, uh, it's kind of a dry part of the sports calendar. What, how, have you been, uh, how have you been spending your time? I mean, I can't say I've been doing much. Going yeah. to the lake this weekend, so getting out. Not going to complain about that at all. But yeah, I told yeah, you my next right two now. weekends. I told you what my next two weekends. I'm in two weddings yeah. the next two weekends. More weddings. Groomsmen. More weddings for Gabe Coon. Yeah, I've had to fit like 15 suits in the past couple of weeks, a couple of months, yeah. I should say, because you got to do it ahead of time. Yeah, the only thing right now that's really catching my interest is the UFC, which is customary. Over that there. was, and I'll say this: International Fight Week was a hit, brother. I, there's no doubt about it. Volkanovski in the in the main event. Uh, Moreno and Pantoja in the co-main event. Pantoja ends up getting that that belt. That was that was a damn fun card. Yeah, for those that don't know, me and you are both yes. UFC fans. 100%. We spent about we spent about twenty, <laughs> probably at least twenty minutes last night on the podcast right. talking about two ninety uh, because it was it was one of the best events I've watched. I think I've watched probably about eighty to ninety percent of UFC cards over the last three years, and that was absolutely up there. Yeah, yeah, and we uh, we had. Uh, Let's see, Drikas Duplessis is now going to fight Israel Adesanya. That might be a bloodbath. Yeah, that might not be fun. <laughs> probably, I mean, it's already gotten ugly you know, face-to-face with word of mouth, so it, it's not going to get any prettier, I wouldn't imagine. Yeah, we don't want to bore people with that, though. Again, talking with Christian Fowler. Um, have you been Summer League? You've been, you've been taking up some time with some Grizzly Summer League? I mean, I've watched a little bit. I'm not going to act like I've watched every second of all the games or anything like that. I'm not. Uh, I'm not going to pander to the fan base like that. And I guess just flat out lie. Uh, I'm not a. I'm not. A, I'm not a huge summer league guy. I'm not going to sit there and watch every second of every game. But I've. I've dabbled. I've dabbled a little bit. Yeah, and last night though, I mean, outside of the Grizzlies, it was uh, Amani Bates' show against the Grizzlies. They lost 170, 100 to 77. The Grizzlies did. Monty Bates uh, looked pretty good. I have to say. What, what do you think about his sort of future uh, and potentially making that Cavs roster, his future in the NBA? Yeah, we talked about it right after the draft on, you know, he has to accept his role and has to do exactly what he's asked of to have a future in the NBA. And that, I mean, that goes for any, any NBA player in general, you know, regardless of where you're drafted, but especially when you're a late second round pick, like you have to adapt to your surroundings. And if he's going to make that roster, uh, he's going to have to do what they ask of him. And with guys like Donovan Mitchell and Darius Garland, I mean, that team, that team does have some really good talent on it. So he's never, you know, even if he was to make the team and let's say he gets minutes this season, like he's not going to, he's not going to be asked to be a primary scorer or score anywhere close to, you know, 10, 15 points a game or anything like that. So whatever that role is that they have in mind for him, he's going to have to buy into that. We know he has the talent and the potential. It's just, is he willing to accept that role? Is he, is he willing to uh, to step in the shadows of other players 
uh, and be a role player. So I, I really think that's it for him because it, the, the question of potential has never really been there. Hey, for that's the day. thing. It's so wild to see him, though, as a scorer. Like the, the lift he has on his jumper, how quick he gets it off. He was five for eight from three last night. Like I, he he is an unbelievably talented scorer. But we, we had this conversation about Kenny Lofton as well with the Grizzlies, and we'll get to that in a second. But he's going to have to accept everything else. He's going to have to get to the rim. He's going to have to be better as a, as a facilitator. And he's going to have to understand defensive basketball and, and grow that IQ as he goes along. Yeah, and that's what I love about a guy like uh, – did you see what Andre Drummond came out and said yesterday? Yeah, he said it was basically I, – I was a $100 million guy, but uh, I, I always thought I was – more of a star than I was, and now I'm a vet minimum guy because because right. of the mindset I had. And I think anyone that comes into the NBA, once again, regardless of, of draft stock or position, should take that into account. Like, it, nothing's going to be handed to you. Like, it's the NBA and just professional sports in general is what have you done for me lately? Not, not what have you done in your past or who were you coming out of high school or what were you in college? It's what can you do for me right now? And it got young guys like that, like Amani Bates, and we talked about Gigi Jackson a couple weeks ago, yep. and Kenny Lofton, and you know you can go on and on with list of young guys, and it's like if you just do what you're asked of to the best of your capabilities, and these guys are capable guys that can play on NBA rosters, potentially, uh, yep. if you do what you're if you do what's asked of you, and you develop, like maybe one day you can be that guy that's asked to score twenty four, twenty five in a game. But at the same time, know that it can it can go as quick as it came. And like Andre Drummond said, you can go from being a $100 million man to a vet minimum very quickly if your ego is not in check and if you're not working and if you're not uh, doing what's asked of you by, by your coaches and, and, and fitting in complimentary with your teammates. And with Kenneth Lofton Jr., since we brought him up, I think there's a lot of Grizzlies fans that are that are just like intrigued by him, and I am too. I mean, he's, he's so fun to watch. But like – what what do you think about and obviously he owns summer league for the Grizzlies like he's 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 their main scorer he's their key cog in, in summer league but what do you think about his his future with the Grizzlies and like how he's going to fit in? You said this last night on the podcast and I completely agree. Like if he does the things that Xavier Tillman does well, there's no reason why he shouldn't have a spot on this roster or compete for minutes on this roster because we know the scoring upside is there. Now, do the Grizzlies need him to be a 18-point-per-game scorer? No. But if he plays defense, if he's in line defensively, if he's rebounding the basketball, if he has a nonstop motor, then maybe there are games where he can score 15 to 20 points. You know, like we know he can score. There's no doubt about that. He can be a three-level scorer, uh, even though he doesn't necessarily look like it. Like he has potential to be a really good NBA player, Everything else just has to come up to speed with the scoring. If he's locked in defensively, if he's uh, rebounding the ball well if he, when he's on the floor, if the metrics uh, is, a, is a big thing, if the metrics say that the Grizzlies are better when he's on the floor, then he's going to get minutes. Yep. And, you know, he could have those spike games, say guys are on rest days or injured or whatever the case may be, then he could have games where he's asked to score more heavily. So uh, I think everything else just have to, has to catch up. And I don't think that's being asked of immediately right now today. You know, like yep. I think I think it's understood that those things happen over time, especially for a later pick like Kenny Lofton was. So it's fun to see him score like this, but it's really going to be fun if everything else steps up also. Yeah. Now talking with Christian Fowler at C. Fowler, BCM senior writer and content creator for Bluff City Media. I uh, We talked about Imani Bates, obviously formerly in a Memphis Tiger uniform. There's a bunch of Tigers in Summer League, though. I mean, Landers Nolly's deep on a bench somewhere. You have Jalen Duren. You have James Wiseman. Uh, you, you just keep going down the list. Obviously, Imani Bates, Kendrick Davis, Lester Quinones. Two that jump out at me, Lester Quinones and Jalen Duren. Lester... Man, I I still just seeing what he's been able to accomplish. Like I've seen like I've seen some Warriors fans compare some of his the things he's done in summer league and his skill set to what Jordan Poole was was doing with them, like some of the step back threes, getting off the dribble, trying to get to the rim. He had a I think in the first game in Vegas, he had a he had a dunk over top of Brandon Miller. Lester is going to be on that Warriors roster maybe playing minutes sooner than later. Doesn't it seem that way? Yeah, I mean, he's he's so capable. You know, it, it was always – I feel like it was always a question when he was at Memphis, you know, is he playing the right position? Like, is Penny using him to the best of his abilities? And that that's a that's a question that anyone can answer. I don't, I don't necessarily know the answer to that. I think there were times when he was and there were times 
when he was not. But, like, Lester can do a little bit of everything. He's shown at times, especially last year in the G League, that he can rebound the ball really well. Yep. Uh, we know that he's a shooter. That's been uh, that's been kind of what's followed him since high school is that he was an elite shooter. Didn't necessarily show that the entire time at Memphis, but he showed it a lot in the G League last year. He's a big body guy. He's not afraid to play defense. He was a tremendous defensive player at Memphis. He, like I said, it, he checks a lot of boxes, especially for a modern NBA player. So it, it does feel like that. It does feel like minutes are in his future because he did exactly what was asked of him uh, by Santa Cruz last year and had a tremendous season. So why not give him that opportunity to show in actual live reps what he can do against NBA talent? Do you still find it strange? We've had this conversation in the past. Don't you find it? It's strange, though, why it didn't work out the way it, way it's working out with the Warriors, like it did, like it uh, could have, I guess, at Memphis. Like he he wasn't able to really show that that offensive ability that he's flashing, that twenty point per game scoring ability. Maybe there were other guys that were uh, sort of put higher on the pecking order, but certainly he should he he could have shown that when he was here on campus. Yeah, it is it is a bit confusing, and I think that probably has something to play you know, a part to play in and you gotta think he came in with that number one recruiting class in twenty nineteen. Obviously James didn't play the majority of the year, but he was the primary scorer for the few games that he did play and then when uh he left Memphis it was Precious Achiwa and the offense ran through Precious Achiwa uh, and he was kind of the guy for the team later in the season DJ Jeffries flashed a lot of potential and it kind of felt like maybe Lester needed a year or so to get to that level and then it, he just kind of transformed into a, a primary defensive player. And that was really yep. his role at Memphis. Like he, His entire role was to be locked in on defense and to keep everything in line on defense. And like I said, he did a, he did a tremendous job of that. It's just like the scoring was never asked of him, which is, which is kind of strange. And his shot didn't fall like it did in high school or like it did in the G League, which is also strange. So, like I said, it, it could have been one of those situations where he was asked to do something, and and I don't think it's could have. I mean, we saw that he was yeah. asked to do things that weren't primarily scoring, and then put and when he's put in a situation where that is what he's asked to do, he's he's excelled at it. So it it is kind of a weird situation though that we never saw that offensive upside while he was at Memphis. And then uh, final one here before we get to sort of current uh, Tigers, and we talk about uh, Mikey Williams, his situation, what's going on with Javon Quinterly, um, <laughs> Jalen Duran. Connor and I talked about this yesterday. The sky is the limit for him. I don't know if you saw what he was able to accomplish over the weekend, but he, he basically a double-double machine in summer league. He had 17 points one game, 23 in another. But the shooting and the, and the work off the dribble is something I didn't think he had in his bag, but it seems to be there. It seems to be there even at whatever, whatever he is, 6'10", 225, 230 pounds. He, I mean, I, I, I didn't know that that was unlocked. We saw a little bit of the sort of mid-range game uh, at the end there with the University of Memphis. But seeing what he what he could become offensively for that Pistons team is, is scary. It's got to be scary for the rest of the league. Yeah, and I feel like that was the question with him coming out of Memphis. Is it, you know, is he just a true throwback big? Like, is he just a big body who's going to score down low and get rebounds? Like, can that, can that perimeter game, can that off-the-ball game, can he develop with the ball in his hands, or is he only going to be a guy that gets the ball down low and is scoring on layups and dunks? And what we've seen is that he's clearly worked on that, and and I thought it's always been a possibility because the the dude is just absolutely supremely talented and has a ton of potential in every area of his game. But to see it, but to see it kind of come to fruition this quickly after only one year in the NBA and now in the summer league has to be a positive sign for the Pistons and. We know that team doesn't have a tremendous amount of talent, so yeah. I feel like he really well, this upcoming season will. And I, and I don't know the Pist- the, Pist- the Pistons have some talent. It's just about getting that talent uh, healthy and all working together. I mean, I mean, we're talking about Jaden Ivey, Jalen Duran. Uh, uh, James Wiseman is there, Cade Cunningham, uh, Osar Thompson. Like they have a lot. Yeah, it's just no, got to no, move no. in the right direction. Right, and I'm saying they don't have proven talent that it's right. like, okay, this okay. guy's going to go score, score 20 a night, maybe outside of Cade Cunningham because he's done it uh, for a couple of seasons and, and been pretty productive. But, like, there's nothing to say that Jalen Duran can't be the leading scorer on that team this year. Uh, there's the, To me, there's nothing that shows that that's out of the realm of possibility. Uh, so it's cool to see his development. I, I'll be curious to see how they use him and James Wiseman. Uh, I was – 
seeing some not-so-kind videos of James Wiseman over the last couple of days throughout the summer league. Just people talking about his defensive uh, inefficiencies or, or liabilities, especially out on the he's perimeter. Gotta, he's got to develop that IQ defensively. That's yeah, true. It, but he's like he's talented on the offensive end. He, can, he does have that shot-blocking ability. If he ever gets the IQ together defensively, he'll be fine. Absolutely. I mean, talking about a guy that was the number one prospect coming out of high school and the number two overall pick in the draft. So potential and talent have never been in question. It's just, you know, health and then can everything else develop also. So it'll be fun to watch James and Jalen this year and see what they do, especially if they're able to take bigger roles on that team. And I do – sli- uh, Isaiah, Isaiah Stewart also. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He just got, he got paid. Four years, $64 million. Yeah. <laughs> Good for him. The, the one thing about James, though, is I – Looking back at it... Why? Why? If you have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this... Why? ...a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Leading Ladies, a concert in celebration of Women's History Month featuring Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, L. King, Christina Perry, at the King's Theater in Brooklyn, New York on Wednesday, March 20th. Tickets are on sale now. You don't want to miss this amazing night of music dedicated to uplifting women's voices. With Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, L. King, and Christina Perry. Odyssey's Leading Ladies presented by Olay Body. Buy your tickets now at kingstheater.com. I know you know you saw him go number two overall. The Warriors say, okay, that is an NBA championship caliber team. They've won plenty of them. Uh, certainly he can fit in there. Maybe that's one of the best spots he could have landed. Looking back at it, they don't really develop bigs like that. They didn't. They, they they don't take young guys, especially at the age of nineteen, and give them a whole lot of leash. So now that he's with the Pistons, it just feels a whole lot better. He's going to get those minutes. He's going to get that time to grow and evolve, where he was not going to get that with the Warriors. Yeah, it's not nearly as strenuous, right? Like with Golden State, it was their now. very win. Now they're a championship right. team. Like if you're not where we need you to be, then you're not going to play. And that, and that's just part of it when you're when you're playing for a championship-caliber team. So I do think, you know, getting traded last year to the Pistons, I think that is a potential good reset for him because it puts him on a team that's not necessarily planning on contending or competing right now in this moment, and that gives him more time to develop his game and learn the game and get more comfortable, especially with the injuries that he's had in his career. Like, he's never really been able to be on the floor consistently. So if he gets that, this season, if he's able to be on the floor consistently, the pressure obviously isn't as high because you're not playing for a team that's expecting to win a championship, then maybe we do see some development there. I, th- I think I think all too often nowadays, especially uh, in the NBA, we write young guys off very quickly Absolutely. And, forget th- and forget that they got drafted, you know, when they were 18, 19 years old and that, you know, even, even if you get to that 22, 23 mark, it's not like you can't become a good player at that point in your career. Mm-hmm. Talking with Christian Fowler at C. Fowler, BCM senior writer and content creator for Bluff City Media. Now, uh, I guess I'll start with the potential good news of, of if Javon Quinterly ultimately commits to the University of Memphis. They still seem to be the favorite. Um, what, what, what's the sort of most recent update you've gotten on Javon Quinterly? Obviously came on a visit. I haven't heard about him going on a visit elsewhere, but he left, left campus without, without committing, which is honestly not a commonality for, for Penny Hardaway and the staff. But what's the latest you're hearing on Javon Quinterly? Yeah, it, it becomes one of those situations where what's going on behind the scenes, and that's a lot of what we're going to be asking in college basketball, or what we already have been asking in college basketball recruiting and what we'll continue to ask. Uh, whether it's a guy coming straight from high school or a transfer. But I feel like even more so with transfers, especially this late in the cycle when you get a player as talented as Javon Quinterly. So a lot of people expected a commitment coming right out of the visit. Uh, You saw very well-respected national media analysts hinting at that it was done and that it was Memphis and it was over. And then it's like, okay, well, if it's over, if it's done, why has nothing been made official yet? Like, is something going on in the background? Are other teams right. getting involved? Is there an NIL bidding war going on? Is there another team offering more money or whatever the case may be? So that may be the situation that we're in now. You know, there, there may be other teams trying to trying to get involved. And I mentioned this to you last night also, like, 
it could be posturing, and you completely agreed I, that why would Hell yeah. Yeah, I mean, you, you put you put especially with one year of eligibility, and we see this with guys that have multiple years of eligibility left. Why wouldn't you posture and see what kind of bag you can get for one year? Why right. wouldn't you? Because you, especially like when you're going on twenty three, twenty four years old, you don't know what that pro career is going to look like. You should be posturing, trying to see who's going to be able to put feelers out there uh, to see who's going to be able to pay you the most money. Now, I would imagine that that considering the situation, and and Memphis is still sort of in the in the driver's seat in a lot of ways is what it feels like. I'd imagine there's a pretty substantial NIL package for him here, um, but you never know. I mean, people are still trying to put it, put together their rosters, and, and everything can take a left turn if if, if the amount of money on the table uh, put on the uh, – basically put on the table is uh, is substantial enough. Absolutely, and I, and I think what we'll start seeing more and more of in college basketball from head coaches is that eventually they're just going to say, okay, we're – Wherever else that you're getting offers from, or you know, if you keep trying to up the ante here, then just go to the other place. And I know that may seem uh, a little strange, but at the same time, like these guys aren't like college coaches are not going to do well with getting tugged around by by players. It just it's just not. That's the reality of the situation. If they feel like they're being used to gain more money or whatever the case may be, or to get a sweeter NIL deal, I can see more and more of college coaches saying, you know what, right. if this is how you but, want to handle this situation, then then just go elsewhere. And, you know, it's no hard but feelings, it, but we're not going to play that game. Is, isn't, and some want to play that game. Yeah, I was going to say, isn't there a – but there, there's a part of it where if you're going after the highest level of talent on the transfer portal and everything else, like, you have to play the game. You, you, you can't You can't You can't just say, with everybody who tries to up the ante – Hey, we we don't want you because you're trying to yank us around. Like, no, I feel like most of these coaches uh, realize, especially a guy like Penny Hardaway. I'd imagine he would realize as well that you you got you have to participate, even if that player is is trying to yank you around a little bit, use his power, strong arm you. Yeah, but you also have to realize that you know, just like we talk about egos with players, coaches have egos too, and they're not used to having to do this kind of stuff. They're not used to being yanked around or. Uh, or, or people using them to gain more money. So I, I'm not saying I think it's going to be a common occurrence and that every coach is, is going to say no to it, but I guarantee you there are coaches out there that have already done this and that it will continue to happen, that in situations like this, if this is the case going on behind the scenes, that eventually they're just going to be like, nah, we're good. Like, we're dropping out of this. We're not yeah. We're not playing this game. We'll, we'll roll with what we've got. Yeah, now um, on to the bad news. Mikey Williams, preliminary hearing was originally scheduled June 29th. Original delay was July 12th. And you thought, okay, maybe there could be some positivity if they can get this pled down to a misdemeanor in that time. But now it's delayed July 12th to September 5th. We're talking about a month and some change it's getting, it's getting delayed to. Um I personally can't view this in any positive way, um, and I, I, based on our conversations off air and even on the on the pod, I, I don't think you're, I don't think you're trying to put a positive spin on it either. I, I mean, it's hard to find that positive spin, you know. And I, I've kind of maintained since this happened that I just couldn't see Mikey Williams being on campus, and this kind of just furthers my belief in that September fifth. That's uh, like you said, almost a two-month movement back of his of when his trial was scheduled for July or the hearing was scheduled for July twelfth, September fifth. Man, that's a long time. Yeah, that's two more. That's months. in the semester. That's that's start of the semester too. Right. And how are you going to navigate that? Like, are you going back and forth between San Diego and Memphis? Are you doing that over Zoom? Like, how is this happening? And how can this not be deemed as just an absolutely massive distraction? for the team, for the coaching staff, for Mikey himself, like it's just a it's a very difficult situation to overcome. And we said that from day 1 of this happening that it was going to be tough to overcome this and as we get further into it it just looks more and more difficult that this situation is overcome and that Mikey is ultimately on campus at some point. I'm not saying it couldn't happen. It's just my feeling and my belief that uh, I just don't see it happening. Based on a theoretical scholarship count and the amount of guys they're involved in that, that could take up those scholarships too, it feels like it feels like the staff sort of felt it leaning this way. 
Obviously, they're, they're, they're quiet about it. They're going to try to stand by Mikey, it feels like, for the most part, until it doesn't work out. But it, but considering how much the, the Javon Quinterly, Jordan Brown, DeAndre Williams could take up another scholarship, it feels like they're moving in a direction where they, they are planning on not having him on campus. Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree with that. And, I mean, I think at the end of the day, ultimately, if it doesn't work out because, you know, things keep getting pushed back and, and Mikey has – uh, has to be in San Diego or whatever the case may be. I, I mean, I still think Memphis' staff comes out looking really good in this. Like, they they kept beside Mikey's side the whole time. They they didn't, you know, immediately bail on him and say, nope, not going to take it. Like, Penny remained loyal to Mikey and the commitment that Mikey had made. And I, I don't think that's a bad look. Like, I, I think that's a very good look uh, for Penny and for him with future recruits. Now, some people may have other opinions that, you know, as soon as someone is – is uh, is alleged to have done something illegal that you should get away from them. But obviously Penny didn't feel that way, and he felt like this was in his best interest and the school's best interest to kind of wait it out and see the process, innocent until proven guilty, and see exactly what was going to happen. So regardless of what the public opinion is on, on what Penny should have done, I think in future players' eyes or future recruits' eyes, I think this is a good look for Penny that he's, you know, that he's loyal and he's not at the drop of a hat just gone. So – like I said, it can be viewed however, and and that's fine. But I think I, I think from a recruit's perspective, it probably is a good look for Penny. Hey, now last thing, um, we, we're we're on the precipice of transitioning to college football talk camps. Are going to start at some point relatively soon. We're not that far out uh, in the grand scheme of things. Um, and usually these these side stories disappear when we start playing uh, playing actual football. But this Pat Fitzgerald Northwestern situation is wild. We have the hazing allegations that the Northwestern's been investigating for about six months. They tried to do a two-week summer suspension, and then not three days later, after more digging by the student newspaper at Northwestern, they fired him. I mean, I, I didn't expect it to transition this quickly. Does it surprise me that he's fired over hazing allegations? No. Um, but this happened quickly, and there's no new information, according to the president, according to the AD. They just had a change of heart. Yeah, it, it, that was kind of a weird transition to go from a, a suspension out of season to a complete firing. It is, it is strange, and it it becomes a question of you know, did they find out more stuff behind the scenes that hasn't been put out there yet, or did they just feel like the public backlash was too much? And that's a genuine question in this day and age. Like, was what everyone else saying influence them to make a decision that maybe they didn't even necessarily agree with, but just felt like for publicity's sake that it was it was best to cut ties with them? We don't know. It's all speculation at this point, but it's absolutely a wild situation. <laughs> absolutely a wild situation. I mean, I, we, we've heard hazing before, you know, whether it's college athletics, fraternity, whatever the case. I've never understood it when it it, it crosses that damn line, right? Like, again, like I I talked about this with Connor yesterday. I I got in front of the the team room in front of all the older players when I was a freshman and had to sing a song. We had to dance. We had like, we had to do things like that. And like, I'm not against like, you know, having the freshmen go pick up bags after practice and carry senior shoulder pads into the locker room. But when you step over and you're doing, I mean, naked quarterback center exchange. Like, what the hell are we doing? Like, we're not making men that way. It's just, it, it's such a frustrating, because I feel like being part of the football community my entire life, a lot of these things are accepted and they're just sort of shook off by saying boys will be boys. No, boys will not be boys. Let's change the damn, the the, the story. Let's change the supposed norms that people have stood by thus far. It, it's just stupid. Yeah, like you said, there's a difference between paying your dues and earning your respect of your teammates, which I th- I think is still good. Like yes, I still think, like you said, fine. carrying the shoulder pads, like understanding that you're at the bottom of the totem pole, I, I think that's fine. And that's probably a good ego check for a lot of young guys. But when it crosses that line and it just becomes really, really odd, and like you said, it's not – it's not teaching anything. You're not you're not learning respect by that, or you know, learning that there is a pecking order or anything like. You're just it's just weird. It just doesn't make any sense. <laughs> well, you're like, creating wow. post traumatic stress and anxiety right. and everything like mental issues for the people that are that are involved with it at that point. Right. So just a very very odd and strange situation. And and like I said, we know that hazing goes on, 
but when you hear the extent of it and it's to an extreme, it kind of it kind of makes you wonder. Like th- this probably isn't a one off. I mean, it could be. No, could like be, I, know, I agree. It's probably not a one off. Well, around the country, you got to look over your shoulder. Like so, some of these big programs are going to have to look over their shoulder. There's no doubt about it. It happens. It happens at a lot of places. And I I sort of wonder. Like I I I, I said this earlier in the show. I wonder this example if this will empower some of the folks the the players around the country that have gone through hazing like it i wonder if this will empower them to step up and say something yeah i won't be surprised if if more former players from other schools come out and and talk about similar situations or you know situations that have gone too far because they like i'm going to continue to say it there's a difference between carrying shoulder pads or getting into a fight which is absolute commonplace in locker rooms and on the field yes um in, in athletics there's a major difference between that and then just straight up like embarrassing someone or just taking it way too far so if, if someone else has been impacted by that in, in that way to where you know like you said it has anxiety or some kind of uh, mental disorder has come come from it because that that is just a very a very foreign situation to be put in. Like, I won't be surprised if other former athletes come out and say, this happened at this school to me. And, you know, this kind of gave me the ability to come out and talk about it and feel like it would be okay and be accepted. And then quick sidebar before, I mean, because it's sort of, it's, it's, beyond, it's above my pay grade to sort of figure out who could be in the running here. But Northwestern trying to find a coach, that's going to be tough, man. Because, like, I, that, that is not a, that's not a overly fun job to try to take over. They have the recruiting inhibitors with education and even surface level. That's a 1-11 team amid a scandal, and most of the players are annoyed with the administration and probably will transfer. I mean, trying to trying to go find a coach to take over that situation is going to be brutal. I'm glad I don't have to make that decision. Yeah, finding a coach this time of year anyway is difficult, but especially with everything else clouding it, it becomes it becomes nearly impossible to find a head coach and and set them up for success. I mean, Pat Fitzgerald would have been at Northwestern until he did not right. want to coach anymore. Right, and like the thing is, you're not going to find another Pat. You're not going to find a Pat Fitzgerald like on field, like off the field. Him right. not having control of his program. I'm I'm leaving that to the side. But we're talking about a guy who is a Northwestern son, embraced the challenges, legend before coaching from the Chicagoland area. You're not going to find another guy like right. that. And it's just tailor-made, perfect-made for that job. Right. And, and like I said, put together some very successful teams at Northwestern in this time. Yeah. I mean, statue coach is what he is there. What, well, what he was there. This is not yeah. going to – this is going to probably keep him from getting that said statue. But this isn't the right. end of, we heard of it. We'll probably discuss it later because he, uh, he has hired a lawyer and he's going to get his money, feels like. He's, he's going to settle. He's going to get that – he had $42 million left on his – on his deal, and that change of heart last second by the administration is going to be viewed really weird in in in, in litigation. It's not going to be viewed in a in a favorable light. I can't imagine, but we'll see. We'll see. But Christian, appreciate it, man. Thanks for hopping on. Do it again next right, week. Brother. See y'all next week. Yes, sir. That's Christian Fowler at C Fowler BCM, senior writer and content creator for Bluff City Media. We have a podcast. It's called On the Bluff Pod. Make sure you go check it out. Wherever you get your podcasts, that would be Apple, Spotify. You can find the full-length video version on uh, on YouTube. Go to Bluff City Media uh, YouTube channel, and you can find us there as well. Now, we need to hop into the Blitz. And, of course, in the Blitz, we got to talk Dame. we got to talk Dame. Blazers GM Joe Cronin says we're going to be patient. How patient are the Blazers going to be? I'll discuss on the other side. Gabe Kuhn Show, 92.9 FM, ESPN. Now, the biggest stories overloading the line of bull rush of info. It's Gabe's Blitz on the Gabe Kuhn Show, 92.9 FM, ESPN, Memphis' sports station. And the Blitz is brought to you by Sissy's Log Cabin. Connor, what we got today? First up, the Blazers GM, Joe Cronin, spoke on the Damian Lillard situation. This, this is what he had to say. We're going to be patient. We're going to do what's best for our team. We're going to see how this lands. And if that takes months, it takes months. Cronin says a deal that makes everyone happy often requires a list of more than one preferred destination. Uh, yeah, Dame has one preferred destination, though, and that's the Miami Heat. And, like, I don't know who else is ultimately going to get involved that thinks Damian Lillard is going to put them over the top. And I don't, I don't 
I'm not bothered in the slightest by what Joe Cronin said. Be patient. You've held on to this guy for a long time. You've given him leeway with your franchise. Uh, He's held you hostage in a lot of ways, although you've held yourself hostage by keeping him around this long without having a winning product. And you also re-upped him for two years, $121 million, so when he's aged 35 and 36, it's going to be $60 million he's owed. So you have tied your hands in a certain way. Now, take your time. See what the return's going to be. I think ultimately what's being offered by the Heat is what you're going to have to take, though. And that's because you have given him so much money in that contract. People are are ignoring the fact that this contract is going to be held over the head of whoever the hell acquires Damian Lillard. And that is not a fun thing for people to think about with an aging superstar. No one wants to pay a guy that's 36 years old $60 million, Connor. I don't, I don't know why people can't quite grasp that. I get it's Damian Lillard. I understand that part of it. Um, now, Woj has said Portland doesn't love what Miami has, but it may be the best that they can get. I agree. That's probably what it's going to end up being. They still want to do right by Dame in the end of the day because he is arguably the best blazer of all time. Um, but Joe Cronin has, has made it clear this, this could linger for a while. Um, but it's already lingered for how many years? I mean, two two years at the least. This is this this whole saga has been very annoying to follow. I just want this deal to be done so we can move on with our lives. I don't understand how it got here. I I, I just I really don't understand why this was so difficult. The team should have moved on from him before now, and Dame should have allowed the team to move on from him before now. It was, I understand signing that contract. Of course, you're going to take that money. But he should have been like, listen, I'm going to sign this deal, but start trying to move me. Yeah. Because it's just, he held the team hostage, but they also made a ton of mistakes by not cutting ties earlier. But I think the biggest mistake anyone's made in this whole process, Dame releasing being like, I'm only going to Miami. It completely yes, took away his agent any saying ability. He may not even go to camp, but this is my point too with the Blazers. Like, yes, Joe Cronin can be patient and see what the best return is from whatever team. But also, this has become right. because of how mismanaged it is. This has become a beggars can't be choosers situation, without a doubt. And I'm a hundred percent with where you we're there. At. I'm like, listen, I understand wanting to take a shot at Dame and these comments, which he did, and I kind of agree that he should have taken a shot at Dame a little bit because they did screw them. Dame and his agent screwed the Blazers in this situation by putting out that list and calling the other teams 100%. But again, it should have never gotten to this point. They should have done it already. It's so silly. It's so ridiculous. There's only one way this thing's going to end. Just get it done. Like holding Dame now because because you're mad at him or he did something to to make it more difficult on your team. It's petty. It's silly. Trade into Miami. It's the best offer you're going to get. I don't at this point. Yeah, it, it may not be what you think you deserve for Dame, but you've mismanaged this situation so poorly, or you've managed the situation so poorly. That's what you deserve, Blazers. And, that's what you deserve. Right. And then what are the other teams? Like I've heard the Clippers could be involved, but they don't have the assets necessarily to. Say back like from a draft perspective they don't have firsts to really send to uh to portland to necessitate the rebuild that they want to get into so like the clippers don't seem like a realistic option it's the heat and only the heat (laughs) and the heat are going to underpay inevitably that's just how it's going to work out with pat riley and that contract that dame has it's just it's just it's inevitable it's inevitable now eric slater um, Eric Slater, of course, is the Brooklyn Nets beat reporter for Clutch Points. He put out an interesting uh, trade trade package that I want to go over here. Um, because the Heat are not interested, or, or the, the Blazers are not interested in Tyler Hero, it's a three-team trade between the Nets, Heat, and the Blazers. The Nets would receive Tyler Hero, the Heat get Damian Lillard and a Nets first-round pick, and the Trail Blazers get Spencer Dinwiddie, Duncan Robinson, Nikola Jovic, and then four first-rounders from the Heat. Is that I mean would would that make sense altogether? Like would would the would the Nets like that? Would the Nets be okay with giving away a first round pick and uh, uh, and Spencer Dinwiddie in this three team trade for Tyler Hero? I, I, I there's a lot of unanswered questions, and I think they'll be unanswered here for a. Uh, for a few more weeks. It just doesn't feel like this is going to land anytime soon. It's just it's just as annoying as all of us feared it was going to be. <laughs> University of Georgia AD 
sent a demand for retraction letter regarding coverage from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, specifically for a story written by Alan Judd entitled UGA Football Program Rallies When Players Accused of Abusing Women. Now that's a... Sheesh. That's, that's a hell of a, hell of a uh, tagline there. That's a hell of a headline. Um, but it has to do, the story, heavily with Jamal Jarrett, 2023 four-star D-line recruit. He stood accused of sexual assault on his official visit. And underage drinking. I believe he was 16 or 17 at the time. Um, and they, they talked about uh, a, a forcible situation where he, he uh, told a woman to perform oral sex on him. And she turned him into the school and to the authorities. Georgia still signed him. Georgia still signed him. Also in the story, Adam Anderson. You remember Adam Anderson in 2021? A really good linebacker. But he was kicked off the team in 2021 for sexual assault. Eight players at that time from Georgia's football team, including Jalen Carter, James Cook, who's now running back for the uh, Bills, uh, Quay Walker, linebacker for the, for the Packers. They advocated for Anderson's release and testified in his favor for his character at that time when Adam Anderson was stood accused. Now, 11 players have remained on the team in Kirby Smart's day. Uh, despite women reporting violent encounters to the police, the university, or both during, again, during Kirby Smart's tenure. Sounds like they are supporting their players during their sexual assault cases. It sounds like they are rallying behind these guys. And, and, And UGA trying to get journalism removed, trying to get a piece of journalism removed from a well respected newspaper, that is just not in good taste. And it's nasty, it's gross. And, and the news broke this morning, and I want to point this out because you see a lot of this in the SEC when it comes to you know coaches and the media, and sometimes they sort of get in bed with each other, if you will. Um, but Anthony Dasher from UGASports.com basically teased this news breaking on Twitter. And here was the tweet. He said, in a briefing with selected beat writers, I'll get to that in a second, Georgia Athletic officials and head coach Kirby Smart pushed back at published reports stating that the UGA Athletic Association tolerates sexual misconduct. And then Smart also addressed the recent speeding, reckless driving arrest. He said the story is coming. He's ultimately published that story. With selected beat writers. You know what that tells me, Connor? They invited their water holders, their water carriers, to show up and write stories to help them, to put in their favor. Selected beat writers, not the ones that they are are disappointed with, not the ones that they may have beef with, the ones that they know will carry the water they invited to this presser with Kirby Smart and Georgia athletic officials. Now, I know Georgia, like just looking at what's happening, what's happening with Northwestern, maybe they're happy that that's happening because this puts this sort of under the under the rug to a certain extent. But it's clear that Georgia is, is doing everything they can to try to deflect from their bad track record with sexual assault and and uh, uh, driving related offenses. Speaking of the driving related offenses, you've heard about this, right, Connor? Yes. 300 driving related offenses with excessive speeding Wait, street racing. Did you just say 300? It, it, with excessive speeding street racing, driving under the influence among all the accusations. There's been 300 since Kirby Smart took over. He's got to get it together. I remember a time That's when we were That's ta- insane. We I knew talking, that they had some. I didn't know it was 300. We, we shame, and we should shame this guy, but Urban Meyer, when he was at uh, Ohio State and at Florida, we shamed him all the time for what he let his players get away with. Kirby Smart is the same way. Kirby Smart has shown to be the same way throughout his time with Georgia. If they won two natties, sure. And it shows that winning cures a lot of evils, and people will turn a blind eye when you win, and people will carry your water. But we're talking about 300 driving-related offenses and 11 players remaining on the team despite women reporting violent encounters to the police. It's, it's nasty, and it needs to be checked before it's too late. And Georgia feels like they're a victim somehow? It's a joke. Well, this it's is the joke. same school that, and fan base that constantly tries to tell you that people are underrating them and don't believe in them when they've won the last two national championships. <laughs> of course, like, but like, you know, just that, that's beyond the point. Like I, just, uh, you, you have this horrible track record with criminal offenses, and now you're telling a, a journalistic team, trying to tell someone who, uh, who, who, who writes about the team to take down an article because you don't think it puts them in a good light. Not everything written about your program, although you've won the last two national championships and you have water carriers, is going to be 
all that nice about you. Sometimes you have to write negative pieces to expose bad things. And the Atlanta Journal-Constitution did that. I hope this demand does not lead to Alan Judd's article, again, uh, entitled UGA Football Program Rallies When Players Accused uh, are, are, Are Accused of Abusing Women. I hope this does not get taken down. You need to keep it up. We need to shed light on bad things. You get written, I mean, especially in the state of Georgia and around Athens, nine out of ten articles are going to be just glowing reviews. Right. What Kirby Smart's doing with this program, his recruiting, and how well they have transitioned on the field. And all those things are true. One damn article that puts you in a negative light and you can't take it and you demand that they take it down, that's not journalism. That's not, that's not free press. It's going to stay up. It should stay up. Very similar to the Northwestern situation that we spoke about earlier. It's, uh, it's really unfortunate that instead of trying to improve and look at what these articles and these pieces may be saying and saying, what can we do to improve and what can we do to change, and these things are probably going on, the rally to deny, deny, deny it looks so guilty. And it's, it, it's like, and, and then people it's like will, what are we doing and people here? People will play the cancel culture, woke culture, that oh, type it's of woke. thing. No. Yeah, no, it's not. It's just being a decent, just be a decent human being. You're, you're full you could, of it, and, you, and you're you know, not. And you're let's not, stop forgiving this stuff. And you're not checking things that need to be checked. It's yeah. that damn simple. We've got to stop forgiving boys will be boys crap. <laughs> yeah, no, we can. We got to. We have got to. And it's just it's it's frustrating in a lot of ways. But we'll see what happens with this. I can't imagine this demand will lead to an ultimate retraction from the Atlanta Journal Constitution, but by God, the University of Georgia Athletic Association is trying. Now that'll do it for the Blitz. We have one more segment left in the day. That will be the rewind. We'll do it when we return right here on the Gabe Coon Show, ninety two nine FM ESPN. 92.9 FM ESPN is Memphis's sports station on the free Odyssey app. Download it now on your phone. Smart speakers say play 92.9 ESPN. Portions of today's program are pre-recorded. It's the Rewind. Now we play about like Rewind. Brought to you by Memphis Barbecue Company. Rewind on 92.9. Devontae Pack, Josh's longtime friend, is now being charged with a misdemeanor on top of the civil suit that they're dealing with with beating up Joshua Holloway at John's house. I see a lot of folks in the fan base share the same sentiment. And that sentiment is, tell me when it's over. I'm going to be honest, I agree. It's a distraction, it seems petty, and it has lingered since last year at this time. And it was a fight over a checked basketball. That in itself shows the pettiness of what is going on. Regardless, it's fair to have questions over the relationship that Pac still has with Ja and how much longer this is going to linger. We'll keep with the updates. Also, a lot of today on the show is about college football culture and what is being checked and what isn't. Pat Fitzgerald and that Northwestern program, they've been checked throughout this hazing process. Regardless of how badly I think the Northwestern administration handled this, he's fired. The Georgia football program, however, they're, they're trying to keep themselves from being checked. Today, the University of Georgia Athletic Association sent a demand for retraction letter regarding coverage from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, specifically for a story written by Alan Judd entitled The UGA Football Program Rallies When Its Players Are Accused of Abusing Women. You can demand all you want that that is retracted, but not every story written about the program will be a positive. When Kirby Smart, over the years, has allowed 11 players to remain on the team after violence with women was reported to the school or the police, and 300, 300 driving-related offenses have perpetuated. We have to report on all the the off-the-field stuff. We have to report the negative news as well. Sometimes you need to be checked, and no one is immune. As far as guests today, Jeff joined at 5, Christian Fowler joined at 6. If you want to play back the whole show, download the Odyssey app and search 92.9 ESPN. Real quick, can't get over. 300 (laughs) 300. incidents of driving? Does Dominic Toretto play for the Georgia Bulldogs? (laughs) Maybe. It's possible. Do they drink Corona and say family all the time? They have cars with the money they're getting now. They They can go to space with Tom Cruise. What's the biggest game tonight? Presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. Man, we got close yesterday, didn't we? Yeah. That plus 650 almost popped off. 41 in the first round. Nuts. I thought he was going to take off, but he was just trying to put on a show early for the the home fans. Of course he was. Our theory was correct, but only for the first round. Julio Rodriguez, by the way. Julio Rodriguez. J-Rod. J-Rod, baby. But tonight, of course, we have the MLB All-Star game. Right now, the NL is favored at minus 115. I think they have the better team. I'm going to just take them straight up. Okay, rock on. Yeah. Fast forward. Fast forward. We need to get back on our winning ways. So, yeah, all-star game tonight. Connor says the NL ought to be fun. Uh, we'll, we'll keep an eye on that. Summer League rolls along, and we'll have plenty more 
uh, to talk about between now and when we convene tomorrow. But that's a wrap for today. Thanks to Christian Fowler and Jeff Calkins for their contributions to today's program. We'll meet back here at the same time tomorrow. In the meantime, I'm going to go ahead and pass you off to Joe and Amber. For Connor, I'm Gabe. Be easy, be safe, and enjoy the rest of your night. WMFS FM and HD1 Bartlett. WMFS Memphis celebrating a legacy of sports as the flagship home of the Memphis Grizzlies and Tigers Talk. Always live on the Odyssey app and on smart speakers say play 92.9 ESPN. My little brother's friends have been camped out at our place for two days straight. Three. It's because of the Xfinity 10G network. Internet that can handle a house full of screens at once with like basically no interruptions. And it's only getting faster. When I was their age, internet like this was a pipe dream. You sound like my grandpa. Please go home. The next generation 10G network only from Xfinity. The future starts now. Now through July 30th, new customers can get 200 megabit per second internet on the next generation Xfinity 10G network for just $35 a month for two years. Plus, there's no annual contract required and you get Wi-Fi equipment included. Go to Xfinity.com slash 10G, call 1-800-XFINITY or visit a store today. Requires paperless billing and auto pay with stored bank account. Restrictions apply. Taxes and fees extra. After promo, regular rates apply to internet service and devices. Actual speeds vary. The FedEx St. Jude Championship returns to TPC Southwind, August 9th through the 13th. Don't miss your chance to witness the top 70 players from the PGA Tour season battle it out in the first event of the FedEx Cup playoffs. Only 50 players will make it through Memphis. Don't miss your chance to watch the drama unfold. Daily grounds and upgraded ticket options are on sale now at FedExChampionship.com. We're going abroad for the first time in years to Spain. But we don't speak Spanish. So we started using Babbel. And started learning Spanish fast. With Babbel, you can start having conversations in another language in just three weeks. Babbel's conversational method teaches you real-life words and phrases. And with Babbel's interactive bite-sized lessons, you'll remember what you learned. ¿Cómo te llamas? ¿Cómo te llamas? ¿De dónde eres? ¿De dónde eres? When you learn a language, you want to actually use it. Babbel is designed with that goal in mind. In just three weeks, we're starting to have conversations in Spanish. Estoy muy emocionado para ir a España contigo. Aww, he just said, I'm very excited to go to Spain with you. Vamos a tener mucha diversión. And that means we're going to have so much fun. <laughs> sí. Gracias, Babbel. Babbel, language for life. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this. Why? A lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. It's that time of year. Cash the ticket. Jim Costa with Mike Valeni. We shift the focus from football to college hoops, getting us ready for the tournament where we're going to break down all the matchups and have an eye on some future plays too. Search Cash the Ticket on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.